Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your hosts today, TJ Branson, Mike Rogerson, and Zach Vogel. Hey, hey, hey. Hey there. So we got the Boston Bruins. Everybody is hurt. Everybody's out or they're old. That's my storylines, but they're still fucking good as hell. So Boston Bruins, what do you guys think? I had almost that identical note. Yeah. I said they're old and they're broken and they're still great. Storylines, I think that's got a lot to do with it, is when do these guys come back? How how bad are these injuries? I think they're okay. But, um, you know, with any time a guy like Pasta gets injured, you hope it goes away real quick and he can continue on what he was doing because the fucking dude has been one of the best players in the league for Unreal. a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, he's a, well, he's a top three or four pick i think so adp was number five pasta is my number one player regardless of the injury still being out till mid-february adp was five but that was before the injury so i'm curious where you guys are drafting him are you guys still doing it in the first I, round i would for sure from what i've read anyways his injury isn't quite as lengthy as like say tarasenko's was but Pasta's upside is just rocket Richard. So decent hits for an offensive goal scorer, that's for sure. Yeah, oftentimes with guys like that, you're just like, okay, well, he can get me 100 points. I don't really need to look at any of the other stats because that's good enough to get by. 38 power play points. Brutal. I hear I hear he's pretty good. He still almost had 300 shots in just the 70 games that he played. That's how you get 50 goals, man. Do you guys still have Brad Marchand at number two, even though he's out Hell for yeah. the first couple of weeks? Yeah, me too. Yeah. I don't think his ADP should should get faded at all. Draft him where you would originally take one to two weeks worth of lumps and then enjoy Brad Marchand for the rest of the season. ADP of 10.6, so first-round material. He does everything. He actually does everything. It sucks. <laughs> but he does, oh, he does awful, everything. He's an awful person. <laughs> um, yeah, he hits. He gets tons of pims. He shoots. He's he's the real heart and soul of the team. He's uh, he's the greatest rat in a long time. I fucking hate him, but he's, oh, he's number a piece two. Of shit. <laughs> he's number two. So I take it number uh, three for you guys is Bergeron as well. Patrice Bergeron. ADP 63. I feel like every time he gets drafted, there's just a sigh of relief that passes through the draft room. Like Nobody really wants to take that gamble, but once you hit a certain point, it, it's just like, oh, all right. Now, at least I don't to. have to do it. Or if you do have him, like it's, it's boomer bust because there is that implied injury risk. It'll happen. The age is definitely hitting him. I mean, what, he was on like basically a 40-goal pace last year, um, but... Yeah, it's the old games played situation with with him. He's been in the league for 16 seasons and never played a full season. Yeah, he's getting up there. I'd still take him, but like you like you were saying, right? He is one of those dudes where you're like, you look back at the stats on the year and you're like, yeah, glad to have him, but you just don't want to draft him. Great faceoff guy, though. One of the tops Man. in the league for sure. Great yeah, faceoff. I feel like he's always healthy when he's playing me too. So that's just one other little bit of salt I get against Patrice Bergeron. Can never line those injuries up with the weeks that I'm playing in. Zach, you said your top five was hard, but I, I felt it pretty easy to put David Krejci here at number four. David Krejci is also who I had at number four. Yeah, yeah, me too. But it was between David Krejci because, well, I love David Krejci. I, I do. I'm a I'm a big fan of David Krejci. I, I think that. So when we're going to talk about players who you get at a premium, 
David Krejci is going to be it. ADP of 203.5. Put up the quietest 70 points in 18-19. It, it's just ridiculous. Like, the shots weren't and I ha- And crazy. I had him for that. Dude. And I had him for that year. He's too. good he, good face-offs. The quietest 70 points you'll ever get. This year, maybe not as close. Only 43 points in 61 games, which is good for a 58-point pace. But still, that's something. Still not bad. Yeah, at 203, bad. you can get close to 60, 60 points at the absolute end of your draft. Probably on the waiver wire. 203 is, is pretty deep. He's shooting 14 15% the last four years. Like, come on. Come on. This guy's good. I don't know why David Krejci doesn't get the love that he should, but he's pretty great in my book. Yeah, I mean the age is a thing, but not in a redraft. I don't don't think he's he's done or anything. He's he's definitely one of the more underrated two C's out there. I don't think it matters who he's, he's playing with really or or anything like that. I think he's he's pretty pretty solid, maybe fifty five sixty points and a reasonable amount of all the other stats too. Like he's just he's just good. He's always the most fun. When, not if Bergeron goes down, but when, when he's on that, that number one C, those, those are the most fun weeks too, because you, you got him front and center between Marchand and Pasta, and you can really cash in too and, and jack up the, the points. Yeah, quite a jump in line wicked, mates when you go from line ass. two to line one. Yeah, DeBrusque and Kasha versus Marchand and, and Pasta. Yeah, the best, the best line ever. Yeah, are we at number five here? Yeah, I put Charlie back of boy. Me too. I just put top power play D-man because there is still that huge question mark. I put McAvoy if he has the top PP. This is basically I it. bet you he does. Peripheral stud. Yeah, those peripherals are great. If he gets the top power play, it's going to it's going to be out of this world, I think too. That's why that's why I put him at number 5. He had 131 of each blocks and hits this year. 131 of each. It's hard to do. To a game of to each. a game That's of both. Like, the only thing that was missing That's to his game good. was the points. And if, if he's on the top power play, then it propels you him into somebody that takes seriously. for another 10 to 15 of those. For sure. There's arguments for both. Just, like, just for being on the ice. For Grizzly. You get, you, get gold, you get a gold star just for, you know, just for, he gets a participation trophy when it comes to power play <laughs> points. You know what I mean? He'll get it, yeah. I think what was Krug, he was getting 30. So if, if McAvoy can clock in pretty low at 15 power play points, I think that would be pretty good. But if he can get somewhere in the 20s, even 25, McAvoy is, McAvoy is going to be a serious surprise at an ADP of 150. The other guy is Matt Grizzlick, who his thing is just he's the same handedness. So, I mean, I get it. I don't think players as elite as Marchand, Pasternak, and Bergeron can get used to having their power play D-man have a different fucking shooting hand. No, of course not. They're not They're not elite like that. No, they can fucking do it. <laughs> like, I get it. Grizzlick had slightly better numbers back in 15-16. Grizz had a .85 points per game with 10 goals to McAvoy's .68. So, like, you know, a little around .2 points per game. Who who scores goals on that power play? Is it going to be the, the power play D-man? Is it going to be Matt Grizzlick or is it going to be Pasternak? Do you, got, do you want the guy that passes better or do you want the guy that can score 10 goals? I don't know. I want McAvoy. He's a much better player. I was looking at player cards from, from uh, Sean Tierney charting hockey. McAvoy's primary assists and his passing rates just blow Grizzlick out of the water. So Grizzlick does have more inherent offensiveness, but if the only knock on McAvoy is that he plays with a different hand. I, I don't know. I think it's McAvoy. Look at what look at what we did, Zach, with Provorov. Your number one D-man. Just put him on the top power play because you kind of have to. I put McAvoy 
at number five because I also think that he should be on that top power play. I'm expecting him to be. He is the better defenseman, just in general. He's, he's the he's the better everything. So why wouldn't you have the better everything out there? Assuming the top three is playing, it's fine to have a a slight dip in, in the offensiveness of the D-man when you have the perfection line. I would like to see it be McAvoy, and I, I don't think it's like crucial that they have a guy as offensive as Krug in that spot because the top line can clearly take care of themselves. you got to have a guy that can pass the puck. And when it comes to playmaking, I think McAvoy's got the edge. So that's my argument for him. My argument against him is that he shoots with the opposite hand of Krug and Grizzlick. So one of those two is going to be more valuable to the top power play. I wonder which one it's going to be. He's playing three minutes more than anybody else already. He's the number one D-man, and there's not much in in the pipe either, so he's got that place locked down. Yeah, 23 minutes, and the next person was only 20, so he's he, he's already logging the time. Depth option, boys. Jake DeBrusque, is he top of the top, of the top for you? Him and then Andres Kasha. Mm-hmm. I'll even lump Craig Sad. Smith in there. I like Craig Smith as a depth, op- yeah. a depth option. Yeah, I heard rumor that he might slide in while um, while uh, Pasta's out. Uh, I heard on uh, one of the shows today that they might just put Smith on the top. I think it's it's the smart thing to do. Like looking at his Zach, him and Kasha are just two guys that are going to drive you nuts because they're both these analytic dreams where. Craig Smith is ranked ninth in goals per 60 at 5v5, and Natural Stat Trick has him at uh, 37th, where at ninth he was on Money Puck. So it's impressive, considering his average time on ice was 13.25 last year. His shots on goal ranked fifth. If he gets more time on ice with those elite shots on goal ranks, playing with uh, eventually Marchand and Bergeron, I think this is a prime candidate to make a really, really early season push, considering Pasta is going to be out for those those couple months so i think scoop smith quick trade him before like you're gonna have to take a couple weeks worth of lumps because if you trade him the same day that pasta comes back people are gonna know what's up but you take a couple weeks of giving up that value you could cash in well i mean who was he really playing with in nashville anyway nick benino and rocco grimaldi who actually ranked in the top three for goals four percentage up there with like patcheretti and uh gallagher line they were good. Play driving line. I'm good, Rocco. <laughs> yeah, those are not the names like you want to hear at the top of any list. But Craig Smith is is a fucking poster boy for shots. Him and Andre Marchand and Bergeron will be a little step up. Just, yeah, just a bit. Just a bit. Uh, DeBrusque is a kind of a disappointing guy. Like he's always sidecar on that top power play, and he still caps out at like 35 to 40 points. He's not as effective on that top power play as he should be. You hate Jake DeBrusque. <laughs> I just I want him to be better, or else he's going to be the new Danton Heinen because you are on the power play with the best players in the world, and you just can't fucking figure it out. There's got to be something wrong with you. He's just hanging out in the corner while the rest of them were playing. I don't know. I think Craig Smith could be that top power play, that fifth piece too. That's going to be that's going to be fun. Andre Kasha. I mean, one of these years he's going to catch a break, and then uh, Charlie Coyle is somebody that I'm that I'm looking at too. Steady. And good for hits if league is deep enough to need somebody uh, on the third line. That does it for depth for me. Yeah. At least. 
What about you, Raj? Anybody else? Nick Ritchie? I had sounds like the exact same order as uh, as you guys. I had DeBrusque and Kasha and, and Smith in the depth. DeBrusque is a guy who I hope I never have to pick up just because I don't like him. But he's he's on the, like, is he going to no break out list? Every year. Like, is he going to do it? Nope. Is he going to do it? No. Nope. Oh, what if he gets feet? a stick no. with a hole in it? Is he going to do it? No. <laughs> that, even that didn't help. <laughs> You guys are gonna love this. I had Smith ahead of Kasha, so if that tells you anything about wow how how bullish I am on Craig Smith for the first couple months, I do like that play of of pick him up and then sell him. Assuming, yeah, assuming he gets a month on that top line and then get someone excited and then trade him. Smith only had thirteen minutes a game on Nashville last yep, year. Too. Thirteen twenty five. So Get that play Playing 16, 17. Bull- bullshit line mates with bullshit time and still doing okay. So. Yeah, buddy. Goalies, one of the best tandems in the league, Tukarask and Yaroslav Halak. What are you guys taking Tuka away Rask, from this one? Is Tukarask going to play? Yes. Yes, I think so. Oh, yeah, oh he is? He, he decided he, feel like, he feels like playing hockey now? I know there's going to be a drama there. Last interview, he said he's going to play. Yeah, we'll see. yeah, he's in the last year of his contract. I think Halak is too. It might be his he last contract ever. He play when they uh, when they played the playoffs. Well, there's some shit going on at home and like the whole COVID thing. I, you know, I, I let the let the guy get a break. But the, those rumors aren't going away, and the boat's rocking. But I think he, he'll give us one more year. It's the last year of his contract. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. they could have won the cup this year, and if they would have, and if they would have had Tuukka Rask and then Halak, you know, as a as a backup, then yeah, I think they would have won. I think they're going to be closer to 50-50 than they have been in the past. They're not that far uh, off, usually. No, I think usually, though, I've always got the impression that Halak was the backup and it's just been an injury thing, whereas this year I think they'll treat it more like a... Like, by choice, maybe more more closer to 50-50, and I think either one of them's worth owning in any league. So, like you were saying, it is clear Tukarask is the 1A. I got the two seasons total that Halak's been there. Rask has started 60 and Halak started 42. So if I mean it's 18 games less over the course of two years, Halak went at 167. I think there should be a movement that Halak is probably one of the more valuable late round picks too. He's going to be in that 50-50. You're going to get incredible save percentage from both these guys too. And if he's somebody you're picking up in like the 15th round as your second goalie, if you're a goalie fader, Halak should be on your radar, I think. I don't know why they're good on defense. Maybe it's just the goalies, <laughs> man. They've been so, like, they both have such elite numbers, and they looking at their top 6D, well, I mean, they don't have Chara in there right now. They don't have Krug in there. They really, like, you, I have to try to remember who these guys are. They're making lemonade, yeah. Good on them, I think. Maybe, maybe that's the reason, but I am noticing Chara's not on the list here. I guess he hasn't signed yet, right? Oh, yeah, he always gets those one years, so we'll see. you got to think he's going to be back, though. Every year. I would be surprised if he wasn't. Dude's a machine. Now, I guess that takes us to what I find to be an unimpressive prospect pool. Yeah. But I, but I, I, I feel like that happens with you know these really good teams because, I mean, of course, they're going to be, you know, Trading away their future to win cups now, and and I don't, I don't blame you. Pasta. If you have the chance to win, if you have the chance to win a cup, then do it. I don't think Pasta was a first round pick, was he? He might have been a second. But I mean, either way, I yeah, can't. that's what happens when you're a good team. As far as prospects, I mean, I'm sure you would agree, TJ. I think it starts with Jets, uh, Jackson, Nika, and goes from there. 
kind of starts and ends with Jack Sudnika, if you ask me. I mean, their goalie, their about, goalies are good. I don't good. know about all that. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, I, I like I like the goalies too, but who is it for you? I mean, I think I would take Swayman over Vladar. Dan Vladar is a, is a pretty good young goalie prospect. I think he was the guy to get a cup of tea while uh, Rask went home. Like Vladar was the guy that got called up in the in the playoffs this year, so it looks like Vladar is closer. But I think the ceiling's higher on Swayman. I'll agree with you there. Our goalie experts were both quite high on Swayman as well, as uh, they should be. I mean, good. I think he has a high ceiling. They could use two prospects. They got two aging, aging good goalies. So having two prospects, there's still room for that for yeah, sure. Yeah, and Bergeron being the other guy that's kind of on the older side, having Studnika, I mean, he projects to be kind of a middle six center, but I think with what's going to happen with Bergeron and Krejci, Studnika's kind of set up to have this successful, you would hope, successful career. Ceiling at 1C because, you know, that vacancy is going to open itself sooner than later. And then you got Johnny Beecher, too, uh, can play center and left wing, so I think he's going to find himself in the middle six, maybe the top six, because... Some of these guys are going to age out. Could be a, a 2C if that's the way that everything goes. And then like Trent Frederick, there's those guys that could also play. Somebody I wanted to talk about was Jack Aiken. Good NCAA numbers. I've been hearing his name as a dark horse for the top power play when he does make the jump. So just somebody to watch out for if you're in if you're in Dynasty Leagues. Outside of that, I, I didn't can't know think of how anybody. to pronounce his name. <laughs> I, I took a swing. So if I'm wrong, you know, somebody let me know. Uh, did you have anybody else? No. That that's all I have. Like yeah. I said, I really don't think that they have the greatest prospect pool, but I really do attest that to the fact that they're in win now mode. So they, you know, moved people so that they can get you know something for now. I'm trying to win now, and I don't blame them. Well, yeah, they've been win now for like eleven years, <laughs> and I think so that's, well, and, that's and fine. They, and they have won. Didn't they miss you know? out on? So um, it worked. The Zaboral and Seneshin. I think they could have had like Barzell. Somebody will remind me, I think, in the Discord, I hope. But they might have fucked it up a little bit. I think Kyle Connor was in that mix too. Like they had three picks really, really close to each other and, and didn't do exactly what they should have in hindsight. But hey, let's talk about value picks now. Um, Krejci, I think, is front and center. And Grizzlick is going to be a big boomer bust guy for me. And then uh, I had Bergeron in here too. Even if he is going to play 60 games out of 82, the points are still going to equal like a really good 82 game season from someone else. So he, great numbers when he's playing, kind of like the Shea Weber of, of forwards a little bit, like really great shots, yeah, face offs and all that too. Yeah, he's great value. Well, that's going to do it for our 31 team preview. Um, we're going to be taking a week off, so if you guys need to catch up or if you guys want to catch up with us, we're on Twitter at FHF Hockey. We're in the Fantasy Hockey Discord. Feel free to go back and listen to these episodes. Go back and listen to the Arizona episode again. It's worth your money. <laughs> Raj listened to it episode. like a dozen times. It's a great episode. <laughs> it's it's, like, it's As, like on our best of. Yeah, there's very little to do with hockey, but it's it's the best episode. <laughs> 60% McRib. But anyway, guys, that's going to do it for the 31 team preview. Not sure when we're going to see you next, but uh, until then, we love you guys. Love you. Love you.